Welcome in, Campo and Joe. Happy to be hanging out and talking some Jaguar football. And I think we're probably happy about talking about Jaguar wins. Joe C. from XL Primetime, Coach Dave Campo, former Dallas Cowboy head man and an assistant right here in Jacksonville when Jacksonville was going to the postseason back in the mid-2000s under Jack Del Rio. We have got so much to get into, Coach. And we come out of a huge win over the L.A. Chargers. Let's dive into it. But it feels good, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. Uh, you know, uh, winning is is really what it's all about. You yeah. know, we've said many times, you know, it's one thing progress, which, which has to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Don't just tell me progress. Tell me we won a ball game. Exactly. And we've beaten two pretty good football teams and probably should have beaten the other one. Yeah. And and but two feels really good at this point and a win is a win. Yeah, you can go back and we could probably rethink about that the Commanders game especially after this past week. Washington with Carson Wentz got sacked eight or nine times by the Philadelphia Eagles that this team's going to see next. And what's so funny, I'll pull up the stat here in a second and, and give it back to you as far as Carson Wentz is concerned, but that's a game that Jacksonville probably still feels like they could have gotten. All right, so <clears throat> what's amazing about week three, here we are, Jacksonville had shut out the Indianapolis Colts 24 to nothing, and you go on the road, you don't know whether Justin Herbert is healthy, he's got a rib, in- rib injury, all the way up until game time, you're thinking he's not going to play. Bottom line is he plays. I think most Jaguar fans out there, if we're being honest, Coach, most probably thought, all right, he's playing. I hope we're competitive. I don't think anybody saw a 38-10. to 10. Uh, Leon Searcy's the only one I know that he picked He did pick him. him to win. He did. You know, and, and uh, you know, no question. I mean, you know, when you the schedule came out, you know, if 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 – that guy's playing, and I don't mm-hmm. care if he's playing. He's telling everybody, "I'm ready to play, right. and I can play at a the level that it takes to win." Mm-hmm. That's the NFL model. That's yeah. why you ask the guys, "Are you ready to go?" Right. You know, Leon says that all the time. Once you cross the line, you mm-hmm. put the pads on. Yep. That's it. You're ready to play. Well, you know, if when we first looked at the schedule, if he's playing, you say, "Well, that's an L." Mm-hmm. You know, when you start adding them up, right? That's an L. So for them to go out there and do what they did uh, under the circumstances mm-hmm. that they that they're in, coming off a big win, going across the country, uh, you know that could probably be not a harder situation for a, a young team going forward, and they handled themselves very well. All right, so let's go through this and and let's start on the offensive side. Even though you're a defensive guy, let's start on the offensive side. These two teams go through a scoreless first quarter, and you're thinking to yourself, all right, they're trying to feel each other out. A couple of three and outs to start. Then they got the ball moving a little bit. And you're starting to see Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence really take hold. Well, they made defensive plays basically to get this game going. But once they were uncorked offensively, Coach, you're really starting to see a football team that's got a lot of weapons. Yeah, we really do. And, and it's it's a, it's by committee. I mean, you know, when you look offensively, uh, I'm really excited about the, the progress of Trevor, obviously, uh, at, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of it comes from the fact that he's got some receivers that that can get themselves open and he trusts them and he knows, you know, where they're going to be, when they're going to be there. And it's allowing him to get the ball out quicker. Some of that is the scheme. Some of that is him getting rid of the ball. Right. But the offensive line played extremely well in that game against some good pass rushers and gave him time to be able to to do a little something down the field. And all right. So. 
Joey Bosa goes out fairly early in this game. He's facing off, coming off the left edge of the Chargers' defensive front against Jawan Taylor. you got Khalil Mack on the other side going up against Cam Robinson. You've already told me that you felt like this was and, – and, and by the way, Leon agrees. This was the best game the two tackles together have played. Yes, and 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 I will say this. Uh, you know, I'll be the first one. You know, I really haven't had a, a chance to really study – uh, Taylor mm-hmm. in the three ball games, and I'm going to look this week mm-hmm. because uh, you know I truly believed that he didn't have the feet to be able to play out there. But uh, I will say one thing: I think this offensive line coach is the real deal, Rauscher, mm-hmm. because his set pattern right. is different than it was last year. He was back and way back into the into the you know backfield. He's setting at a different angle now, and he's getting the hands on the on the guys quicker. Yeah. So he's not getting beat underneath as much. Uh, you know, some of that is coaching. Mm-hmm. But those two guys together played a really good football game. And if I was going to give an MVP, it would be those two guys and Trevor Lawrence yeah. in that ball game. Well, they definitely were, were kind of the, the the linchpin when it all started rolling in the right direction. They definitely uh, were providing the protection. Trevor stepping up in the pocket, making good decisions, finding all of his weapons. The throw across the body to Zay Jones in the back of the end zone was a thing of beauty. And so I'm looking at it, I'm seeing a lot of different reasons why this is all coming together. It's not necessarily just one thing. You mentioned Phil Rauscher. We're talking about a staff that is capable, accomplished, and they're doing good things. Phil Rauscher comes in, a respected guy who would... Cross paths with Brandon Sheriff up in Washington. They hired him away from Minnesota. And it's not like George Warhop was this terrible offensive line coach, but Phil Rauscher is coming in, taking the same set of guys. You add Brandon Sheriff in there. The rest of them had all been here, and they're a better unit. Well, here's how I look at that whole situation. You know, when you look at a guy like uh, Rauscher, mm-hmm. you know, he comes in. If you have skins on the wall, you get a little bit of respect. Mm -hmm. Well, the best thing you can have is a guy that has been coached by you on the club. Because a guy like Scherf says to the guys, hey, listen to this guy. Mm -hmm. He's pretty sharp. He knows what he's doing. Uh, You know, and, and, you know, if you just stick with him... You know, that's the first thing that a head coach looks for when he comes into a locker room, a new locker room. He looks for the guys that can champion his cause. And when you have a, you know, a champion that you coached Mm -hmm. that's in the building and, you know, that's he you're speaking through him. Right. And I think Rauscher has gotten their ear and and, uh, you know, again, uh, Fortner, the the progress he's made Mm -hmm. from the First two games to where he was in this ball mm-hmm. game, he's doing it with everybody, and a lot of it is confidence and belief in the guy that's coaching you. Yeah, I'm glad you said Luke Fordner because you really could say two fifths of the line is new. Right, you pointed that out uh, as the rookie and the veteran Brandon Sheriff coming in. Uh, they have other guys that have been here before. Three fifths of it. Ben Barge given an opportunity to start, but he had been here. Obviously, Jawan fighting and winning that right tackle right. job, and then Cam Robinson sticking around. The The other thing is that when, when you think about, I'm looking at Jacksonville, A, they end an 18-game road losing streak. 
Anyone who says, oh, they didn't have a healthy Justin Herbert, that was easy. That was 18 games, people, that they had lost on the road, one way or another, through bad coaching, bad play, however you want to describe it. But then look at the scoring in the middle of this game. This was in part based on them forcing the Chargers into mistakes and turning those mistakes into points and then scoring on their own. They outscored them 31 to 10 in two quarters of football. Would you say those are the most important quarters? Right oh, before absolutely. the half and right after the half? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you know, uh, I, you know, when when you go in at halftime, whatever the score is, I can name a hundred ball games where one team was up by two, three touchdowns and mm-hmm. get beat in the game in the second half mm-hmm. because of the skill of the players you have, but also the skill of the staff right. of being, being able to make adjustments. You know, uh, most NFL staffs are pretty experienced. And they can make those adjustments. When you score a lot of points in that part of the field, Mm -hmm. that's huge because, you know, you're just continuing what you started. All right. So continuing what you started, I'm going to take that phrase and I'm going to ask you going forward. And this is going to be a question we'll probably ask every single week on Campo and Joe. But Doug Peterson has started something here. Now, obviously, you want to start building on it. I don't want to jump completely ahead and look at the Eagles game, but this has the feeling of a football team that A, is improving and improving much quicker than I thought. I told you before, I had them somewhere around the middle of the year maybe turning the corner. They've turned a major corner here. Well, there's no question. I mean, you beat two quality football teams uh, that were picked. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, preseason prognostication is not always accurate. You said earlier on on the primetime show, Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers of teams that are Two and one. Exactly. That last year were terrible. Didn't even make the postseason. Yeah, last didn't year. make the postseason. I'll rattle them off in a second. Yeah, but uh, when you when you're talking about a, a situation that happens this quickly, that's Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the ear of the players, and and you know th- there's a chance to be something special. And to the other point about you know well you know this guy was hurt and that guy was hurt. One of the years we won the Super Bowl in Dallas, we played against seven backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Nobody remembers that. Take advantage of the situation. All they remember is that ring you got on your finger. Hardware. So it doesn't matter. That's why when you cross the line, Mm -hmm. whoever, you know, all those guys are getting paid. It doesn't matter whether you're first team or second team. You're getting paid. And it is funny because I can't help but go back to 2017 with the Jaguars here where they caught a lot of breaks like you're describing. They would catch backup quarterbacks, just injury bug hitting the other hitting the other team. And Jacksonville in 17 straight ex- stayed extremely healthy. Yeah. Only had a couple of games, individuals missing starts on the defensive side. That's when they were so dominant defensively. But they caught backup quarterback after backup quarterback. At the very least, early on, they have played Matt Ryan straight up and they've played Justin Herbert straight up. The Indianapolis Colts that were shut out by your Jacksonville Jaguars, beat the Kansas City Chiefs the next week. And the AFC West that everyone thought was just unstoppable, this this immovable force that you weren't going to be able to even compete against, the AFC South beat the AFC West in three of those ballgames. So you have to give them credit. So here's the number, Coach. Baltimore, Chicago, Cleveland, Miami, Minnesota, New York, and Jacksonville – are all two and one. Those are all teams that didn't make the postseason last year. Right. And and that's what the league is all about. This is a league of parity. And, you know, if it, you can never say, 
look at another team, let's say you look at uh, any team, mm-hmm. and someone else beats that team by 20, you can't say no matter how good you are that you're going to go into that ball game and beat that team by right. 20. It's all matchups. It's all parity. Uh, it all comes down to four or five plays. The one thing this team has shown me uh, at this point right now mm-hmm. is not how many they're going to win. What it's shown me is that they can compete, in my mm-hmm. opinion, with the better football teams in this league. And this is going to be another challenge this week because the team we're playing this week is probably better than the other two. Right. But that does not mean that that game isn't going to come down to the last four or five plays in the game yeah. and, and, and you know us being competing in the fourth quarter. I feel like that's the biggest step forward that you listed and both you and I are, you know, I don't mind breaking out the pom-poms and admitting this. I'm a cheerleader for this coaching staff because it is profound what they have been able to do. Yes, they have added people. They went out and signed Christian Kirk. They went out and signed Zay Jones, brought in Evan Ingram. We know all the guys that they brought in, and we also know the guys that they drafted. But without a sound coaching staff, a vision, leadership, all that stuff from the top down... Doug Peterson from the top down, they're not they're not turning heads in the NFL like they are right now. Right. And 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 really uh you know coaching matters. I mean there's no question about it. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example of 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 how important the the staff is. Mm-hmm. Griffin goes down. Mm-hmm. Herndon comes in. Yeah. Well, why did they keep Herndon? Because the staff looked at him and said, hey, look, this kid's got a chance to be a good backup. He did wasn't you, theirs, right? Did, yeah, exactly. Did you hear Herndon's name mentioned in the game? No, no. No. But if you watch the tape, he made some tackles. He did this and that. If you don't hear a corner's name, yeah. he's doing pretty good. Right. Corner, so, left tackle, those yeah. are the guys you don't want to have mentioned. Yeah, don't don't, don't yeah. hear their name yeah. because usually it's negative when you hear their name. And and when you just think about uh, losing a Shaq Griffin, a high-priced free agent who, you know, look, we can debate whether he's playing well enough, but the fact that they have an undrafted Trey Herndon step in and not feel like they miss a beat, touch on one other thing which I thought was pretty important. Keeping Darius Williams in the slot position as the nickel corner instead of panicking and saying, let's put him back, at, let's put him outside where Shaq was and make Trey play inside? Well, first of all, the nickel position is unique. You know, you've heard me say that before. He's half a linebacker, Mm -hmm. but he's also a man-to-man cover guy on the guy that can use the whole field. Right. You know, the slot uses the whole field. The corners on the wideouts at least have the sidelines to help them Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the whole thought process there was we've seen Herndon inside all last year. Mm-hmm. Darius Williams is a better inside corner than Trey Herndon is. Okay, so why move two guys mm-hmm. to replace one? Let's go ahead and keep the guy that's the best nickel player inside on the guy that's the toughest to cover. Right, and let's go outside with Herndon. And if we had to, we can double cover. We can roll up on if if that's the case during mm-hmm. the course of the ball game. Mm-hmm. And, and they made the right decision there, in my opinion. And confidence in Trey Herndon because his position before this year was in that slot area. Exactly. He was asked to do that. So yeah. I do think that that's a, a confident move that they made. So stay there with Mike Caldwell. I've already named him the assistant coach of the year because I think he's really he's doing a kick-ass job in putting guys in good spots, game planning well, choosing when to send guys. 
I like the mix and flow of this defense. I, I love the guy. I mean, I think he's uh, you know gotten started on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know another example of that is who here loves. K. Levon Chaseon. <laughs> Not too many people. Nobody. Right? <laughs> right. Well, a lot of that pressure that's going on on third down, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, pressure is what's important. Pressure hits on a quarterback. Sacks are great because mm-hmm. they change the ball game. Right. But pressure is what gives you a chance to, mm-hmm. to win on third down, especially. K. Levon Chaseon's part of that. Mm-hmm. He's using him all over the place inside. He's mm-hmm. not using him outside. He's using right. him inside where he's on a guard right. or where he can wrap around somebody mm-hmm. because he's an athlete. He's putting guys in position to make plays. And I think before this season is over, you're going to see Walker in about seven different positions because he can do them all. Yeah. And once he's comfortable and everything and doing what he's doing – you know, you're going to, that's what they're doing with Micah Parsons in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Quinn, they're talking about Quinn like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is because he's putting the guys in the right spots right. to get things done. The one thing that does jump out to me when you say Micah Parsons, though, is this, this dude is is sacking the quarterback twice every game. Well, but I, but yeah, that's correct. He's, he's on a, a roll. He's a special cat. Yeah. You got to do with what you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, he's a 4 3 40 guy at mm-hmm. his size. Mm-hmm. So he's going to make a bunch of sacks. Maybe our guys won't get sacks, but mm-hmm. they'll pressure the quarterback okay. because they're athletes. Right. But there's nobody that's running 4 yeah. 3 in, in this group. So no. you, you make do with what you have. Right. And that's what he's doing. And, and Trayvon. Uh, and he can line up inside. He can line up on both edges coming with his hand on the ground if they need him to or coming off the edge and coming and get him. And then he drops and covers this pass. And he's got a pass deflection. But he's, he's got these long arms. <laughs> he's got such big range. And he's pretty dang quick for a 270-pound man. And And guys, all of you out there, watch the game again if you recorded it. Mm-hmm. Watch Trayvon Walker when they try to run – outside to his side. Yeah. They're not getting outside of that side. They're going to have to go to the other side. He, uh, in the run game, forget about it. And that's the hard coaching that he got from Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, all those defensive guys, Dan Lanning, all those defensive guys in the college game, and now add to some of the, the instruction and tutelage that he's getting from Mike Caldwell and all those other guys around him. Josh Allen is in a better spot to make plays. Dewan Smoot got to Justin Herbert, forced the ball out with one of those quick turnovers, and they got it into the end zone. All right, let's hit the offensive side. Uh, Christian Kirk, I keep patting you on the back because you're one of the first guys that said this guy will have a big, big season, and he is having it. Yeah, I I mean, you know, he's a guy that you – another guy like Walker. You can play him in the slot. You can Mm -hmm. play him in the backfield. You can play him outside. You know, he you can just scheme him to get him open, mm-hmm. get a matchup situation. That's what they have right now is they have some guys that are matchup issues for, you know, the inside guys especially. Uh, and Kirk uh, is, is a guy that can get himself open. He has a lot of confidence of Trevor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to make plays. Uh, you know, the guy is a run-after-catch guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a special cat necessarily like like uh, Hill, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Tyreek Hill, because he doesn't have that kind of speed. But he's got separation ability, and and he's, he's one of those guys that's very versatile. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have a big year. There's no question about it. As a former head coach in the National Football League, have you ever called a fourth and one and you're running back, took it to the house. James Robinson, 
a hundred yard game, uh, uh, toted it less than twenty times. Comes out of the backfield, does a lot of different things. He's been in the end zone what three times in the last couple of games. That is rich and something that they didn't expect. I promise you that uh, the coaches knew exactly what front mm-hmm. they were going to be in in that situation mm-hmm. and how important it was. Right, and, and, you know, and and they schemed that. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had they had five guys to the left of the center defensively. We had five blockers over there. Mm-hmm. You bring the offside guard around, pull him over there, uh-huh. and you got six, and they've got five. Right. And he hit that hole, and I'll guarantee you one thing. You can thank the doctors mm-hmm. and the trainers of the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. because he looked faster on that run yeah. with a with a Achilles repair yeah. that he did before the Achilles repair. So uh, maybe a few other guys ought to get Achilles and let our guys work on them. Well, the classic, uh, this is inside the business. We've got a XL primetime show thread going on, and Matt Hayes has had an Achilles problem for a while, which he needs to surgically repair, but he hasn't done it yet. And he's just he's just holding off as long as he possibly can. Anyway, James Robinson rips off this this run, and Matt's like, "I wish I had that Achilles yeah. <laughs> because it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt as bad." Yeah, yeah but been... you know, a lot of it is how much work he oh put in. Number gosh. one, how yes. how uh, aggressive he was in his rehab. Yes, and uh, I can give you a quick example on that. I've had two hip replacements. Mm-hmm. When I was in Dallas, I had the first one, and our training staff was who rehabbed me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. 20 years later, don't even know I have it. The second one I had done in a place, mm-hmm. and the rehab, I went to a rehab place, but a lot of it was just on me alone. Right. And I didn't have the same work ethic. They didn't push you. That 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 <laughs> they had over there. Uh-huh. And it's not as good as the other one. So yeah. the, the rehab, you can look at the rehab that yeah. they put him through and what he did with it. And that's why he's successful along with along with that TN with yeah. the, with the Liz Frank. Yeah, you give them so much credit for just doing whatever it takes in the off season to get themselves ready to ball. And ETN much more friendly schedule in terms of when the injury happened. But between him and J Rob, you've got a potent two that can strike from a lot of different spots on the football field. All right, so let's just wrap this up with just a quick thought on what we think we're going to see, because you want to talk about quick strike ability, the Philadelphia Eagles have it. They've got Jalen Hurts, who's playing right now. It's early, but at an MVP type of level. They go and get A.J. Brown from Tennessee. They hand him a Philly cheese steak full of $100 million bills, whatever it is. They hand him a huge contract. They've got weapons up there, tight ends to throw to, Brown to throw to, on and on and on. Can this team defend, and will they have the ability to pick them off up there in Philly? Well, I think the key, like I said at San Diego, excuse me, I'm LA. sorry about that, guys. That's a uh, fine. L.A., L.A. Chargers. Yeah. It all starts, they have to control the run, mm-hmm. and they've got to be able to control the run without committing eight people mm-hmm. in the box. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, which they've shown the ability, I think our yeah. front guys and again, you know, you know, I'm crazy about Walker mm-hmm. as part of the run defense yeah. with the three inside tackles and uh, and Walker. 
we have a chance, and the linebackers now, we haven't even talked about Lloyd oh, yeah. and Aluakon. Yeah. Both of those guys are, are playing great. Mm-hmm. The front seven has a chance to control the run mm-hmm. without the eighth guy. We can do some things against those receivers. If we have to go one-on-one with those receivers all day, or we're not disciplined in our lanes and, and are contained in the pass game, mm-hmm. it'll be it could be a long day often. Am, am I wrong? Am, am I wrong? Did did Caldwell at least the early stages of the game against the Chargers, walk Rayshon Jenkins up there to where he made a few plays early, which I loved. Uh, and then if you establish that and you take that away, then... Then that's when you start playing coverage. Okay. And, and again, I would like to be able to say that they can control this running game. You know, they're... they're they're four four a carry, something mm-hmm. like that, which yeah. is which is good. It's not right. great. The problem that they have with this team, though, is their offensive line is one of the better ones, maybe one, two, or three in the league, and so that's that's an issue. And and they're going to have to commit some extra guys to the run early, and hopefully they don't exploit that to the right. point where you can't start playing coverage. Uh, I think their their tackle left tackles like. Six eight oh three hundred oh he's a monster eighty pounds oh, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. He, he listen uh, I heard Lagerman talk about him today yeah. earlier oh. he said I, when you stand next to him he feels inferior I don't want to stand next uh, oh, to him no <laughs> and Jeff Lagerman is still a big man exactly to this day, exactly which is something else all right so we will throw at you a little bit later on in the week. Uh, with the help of Chief and whomever else around here that will put it out for us. little IG post, Instagram, and also on Twitter and on Facebook. So we'll have a little more of a preview against the Eagles coming up at Campo and Joe. You know how to use Instagram. Yeah. I, I Listen, I'm an IG guy, Chief. I mean, come on. He's like the IG wizard, and he doesn't need my help. I mean, if he posts it with his touch, it'll get millions and, bi- and yeah, possibly just, billions of He's people. just telling you how yeah. much confidence he has in, in you. you. That's true. What you. you do. That's true. What your job is. <laughs> I, I, You're the MVP of this outfit. Right. Absolutely. I need you to bring the noise, Chief. Absolutely. All right. all right. So we are done, but we appreciate all y'all tuning in, and we'll have plenty more coming your way. Campo and Joe, let's go get us another W. Yes, on sir. the road. After yes, sir. breaking an 18-game road losing streak. I'm excited about it. Two in a row. Yes. Let's see.